0: On this episode of Progressive Palaver, the group discusses the King's X albums, Manic Moonlight, and Black Like Sunday. Hi and welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair, and on this episode of Progressive Palaver, I'm joined by my very good friends, Paul Zotter and Tom Corcoran, as we continue through the King's X catalog covering Manic Moonlight and the somewhat controversial Black Like Sunday. Okay, so as we work towards finishing up... um, the King's X catalog. The first two albums that we have up uh, currently are Manic Moonlight, which was released in 2001. Interesting thing I found out about this. Um, it was released on Metal Blade, and when I was putting together this... this um, my little episode sheet here, the Wikipedia says that King's X produced it, but I happen to own the actual physical disc... And the disc very proudly says that it was produced by Ty Tabor. So I'm not quite sure where that discrepancy comes from. Well. Tapehead was the first on Metal Blade, by the way. Okay. Um, so, and then Black Like Sunday was released in 2003. Listed producers are Ty Tabor and King's X. It was released on Brock. Records and Metal Blade, and had Doug Ty and Jerry. Now, I didn't read any blurbs because on Wikipedia there are no blurbs about any of these albums at this point. <laughs> so, it's it's literally just the facts, ma'am. And uh, yeah. So you know we can look at the track listing for *Manic Moonlight*. We have Believe, Manic Moonlight, Yeah, False Alarm, Static, Skeptical Winds, The Other Side, Vegetable, Jenna, and the ever-oh-so-clever Water Ceremony.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So, I think what I was trying to say earlier, when my brain would not let my, my mouth speak, is that, you know, when they went to Metal Blade, they... They were really just kind of given all the freedom that that they wanted. And when they came in to do... I think we talked about when they came in to do um, Mr. Bulbous, that that was the first time that they had ever actually written songs together. Or maybe it was Tapehead, I can't remember now.
2: Where they That's had really-
1: actually not... Tapehead. So they, they had not come
2: Bulbeth,
1: with preconceived but- songs already demoed out by one of them. And they just started writing songs together and I think manic moonlight I know I saw some interviews with them you know kind of looking through the youtubes for information on this is where they admitted self self forwardly that manic moonlight you know they were they were pushing the boundaries and they this was the first album that they tried to use technology to um, enhance what they were doing or they they really you know, use technology rather than just getting together and um, and hammering out songs. What what I remember about *Manic Moonlight* coming out is 2001. I was living in my first home in um, out in Newtown, Pennsylvania, and I had just finally finished like finishing off a small room in my basement, which was like my office slash studio, and it wasn't really much of a studio. It just it was a place where I had all of my instruments and my amps and um, and the the sad, um, the sad grouping of speakers and stereo components that put together my stereo at the time. But I remember specifically Manic Moonlight putting it in and thinking, oh, this album should have been entitled Ty Tabor Discovers Pro Tools. Um, <laughs> all the drum loops like every song starts with a drum loop it's like whatever and like i just remember it really falling flat on me um you know and i remember liking mr bulbous i remember trying to like it and listening to it a lot manic moonlight just never ever hit me and you know i will i will admit that like going back now for this exercise was probably the first time since the week it came out that I ever tried to listen to Manic Moonlight in a, in like a critical manner or try to see you know, what, what I liked about it. And um, you know, I've been treated several times in the last few times I've seen King's X Live them performing Vegetable. So I knew that I like, dug that tune because I had heard them play it live a bunch. But overall, for me, Manic Moonlight is hit or miss. Like, I either like the song or I don't like the song. And, and you know, sadly, I, 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 I don't like more than I like. Like, Believe, totally love that song. False Alarm, boom, I'm totally digging it. Vegetable, I'm right in there. But honestly, all the rest of the songs, mm, they don't really do it for me. That's about all I have to say
2: about, about this record. Hmm. <clears throat> it's funny, you should... Um bring up your thought process of when you first listened to Manic, because I feel the same way about Tapehead. You know, when I first listened to it, I sort of wasn't on board. Um, but it's just... I think I just needed a break. Because um, when I went back to Tapehead, I I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, so, for me, Manic, I... The first time I heard it was like two weeks ago. And I felt there was a, a a lot of guilt involved because you know, I here I am a you know, I think of myself as a big Kings X fan and there were these, you know, couple albums um, that I that I still hadn't heard. And I was really excited to hear them for the first time with, you know, a, a clean slate, a clean set of ears, so to speak. And um, I really enjoy this album. Uh, I I really like it. And I had heard "Vegetable" a couple times. Um, I didn't know that it was on this particular album, but I had heard it on you know various uh, you know compilations or whatever. And um, love the song. Uh, and I when i heard it i'm like okay this is an experimental i hadn't heard any youtube interviews or anything about the album i knew nothing about this so i was just like boom let's let's listen to it so in my head i was like <clears throat> okay this album they're branching out and doing some experimental things which i enjoyed you know the beginning as paul you mentioned they kind of had some uh you know drum samples and it was almost like a little bit nine inch nailsy in the beginning of some of these songs you didn't really know where it was going to go um i would have almost enjoyed it more if they would have gone a step further i kind of feel that they started out with these samples and kind of gave you a taste of the this industrial thing and then like at some point they just kind of Kicked right into King's X again. <laughs> they kind of like, you. You had like the first like twenty second teaser of like, oh, where's this going? And then like, boom! All of a sudden, we're back in the King's X world, which is good because King's X world is, is pretty fine. Uh, but I um, I was kind of hoping that they were going to incorporate a little bit more of the industrial sound into the. King's X sound that we have known to, you know, we've we've grown to love. And it was going to sort of incorporate the two a little bit more. But that being said, I, I really enjoyed this album. And um, there are a lot of songs that I love. Now, I know we're not talking about, I don't know if we're going to, you know, talk about 15 or not, but I, I will say that um, without really talking about it, <laughs> uh, I wasn't as hot and cold like you were Paul with certain songs I sort of had like a, a, a an even keel tempo of the whole thing I sort of gave it like a BB a a B- minus over the whole thing whereas you know it, it was interesting because I had also listened to 15 cold and I kind of felt like you did about 15, where it was like hot or cold. And it was like, okay, these, this song is mm-hmm. not working. This song is great. This song isn't working. So, um, I mean, Manic was more of a um, more of a solid solid listen. Also being experimental, um, it was it was, it was was a solid listen. But I, I think um, it was a for, for me, it's, a, it's an album that I will definitely be going back to. And I will be uh, listening to, and um, hopefully getting some more enjoyment out of because I uh, I I really like it. Yeah, it's it's
0: interesting, you know. Again, and I think we talked about this in in the last episode. I have virtually, you know, I own both Bulbas and Manic Moonlight. And have almost no recollection of ever having listened to them prior to this con- this uh, this exercise. And you know, obviously, you know, while I had some misgivings, perhaps more than you guys did, the experience with Mister Bulbus was somewhat eye-opening. And at the end of that episode, I was I was very very keen to to get to this 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 record and hear what it sounds like um because i just i didn't know what what i was gonna get it was it was kind of like you know waking up on on christmas day it was you know i don't know let's just see and uh, you know it my my initial reaction was i i wasn't pleased with what i saw under the tree um (laughs) You know, it, it, it didn't have, it didn't have sort of the, the experiment, like, it wasn't nearly as experimental in terms of King's X as Bulbous was. Um, it, it seemed more like a, a regressive step back to more, more to more of a standard form in a lot of ways. But the other thing that really struck me was, and I made a note here, I was I was bored until track 4. Just you know, Believe didn't really grab me, Manic Moonlight was nothing, and honestly, I I find yeah to be offensive in the fact that it's like it's just lazy songwriting. You know, they have they have one great little hook that they play over and over again and they decided to just say one word and write one line of lyrics for the whole damn song. Really? Why should I bother listening if you're not going to bother writing? So you know that that's kind of how I started out. I'm like, but it it got better after that. Now the funny thing about for me about false alarm is, I think the verses are absolutely 100% plotting and like you know just like oh god. But at the same time, I have been singing that chorus non-stop for weeks at this point it just gets in my little brain and won't go away
1: yeah that you know that's awesome joe because you know the funny thing about false alarm is i'm i feel the same way between the chorus and the guitar line during the chorus it it is you know it's it's sort of what tom was alluding to you know they they do all this stuff and then and then it's like king's x all of a sudden and like the, the melody of False Alarm, the guitar line, it is, it's, it's all like King's X. And it really is, it's, it's, it's weird how Tom mentioned guilt. Like I feel kind of the same way. I mean, like I, I, you know, aside from the two of you, you know, I am the, 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 the biggest proponent of King's X that I know. Like I, Like anybody that doesn't that I that I meet that I think likes good music that doesn't know King's X, like I want them to like King's X. Um, you know, and you know, they're they're in a phase here in their career where they're experimenting, they're messing around and they're just writing songs. And, you know, I don't think even at their best moments in Manic Moonlight, which which I would put false alarm as one of them, um, they're any they're they are anywhere near, you know, anything, you know, from like any of the first four or five albums right like they're just they're just not it's just not it's it's just not as good and i feel guilty for saying that and i know that um you know like it's an it's an enjoyable listen it just doesn't like captivate your imagination the way that you know the first four or five records do
0: yeah i i totally agree and um you know, as we get into sort of the back half of this, and, and Tom, you're talking about, you know, King's X sort of experimenting a little bit. What I, what sort of struck me is, you know, this is, this is perhaps the first time where you hear King's X s- start to sound like someone else, which was kind of weird, um, for me. And, um, so the, the the two notes that I made. The first thing that sort of struck me was skeptical winds sounds like something that Primus would do, mm. and the the other one and, and static was was really sort of rattling around in my head, and I couldn't quite get my my fingers on on what exactly it was about that song. And I, Tom, I don't think this is going to mean anything to you, but. Paul, I'm curious to see your reaction when I say that, to me, static sounds a lot like Ray Wilson Genesis. There's something about the cadence of the lyrics in that 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 just struck me as Ray Wilson-y. And the only Ray Wilson I know is Ray Wilson in Genesis, so...
1: And he's the dude that did Calling All Stations, right? Correct, yep. Wow, dude. That is impressive. That <laughs> <laughs> so dude, I would I would never I could have listened to this a thousand times and I would have never made that connection. But like the fact that you just said that, it's like you just reached over and turned the light bulb on next <laughs> to my desk here. That is that is like totally spot on, man. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and,
0: you know, I, I'm not suggesting that they were, they were copying Ray Wilson, or maybe they were, I don't know. Um, I, I don't even know when Calling All Stations came out. I don't know if they were listening to it. But it's just, I've never had an experience as we've gone through this where I've, I've thought of other bands listening to King's X. King's X has always been King's X, you know, come hell or high water. And I think when we get into Black Like Sunday, we'll have a different conversation along these lines. But this obviously is sort of at, at the back end, so that's why it, it struck me as as you know it, it, as as noteworthy. Because I was,
1: yeah, it's and, interesting, Joe, that you, you bring this up because I think for me, and we've talked a little bit about in in the previous discussions around the earlier albums, how you know King's X. Some people have credited Kings X with, you know, being the first grunge band. They've been influencing the grunge movement, whatever. But whatever, whatever influence they've had on music, right? For me, once you once you get into Tapehead and beyond, like, you know, I feel like Kings X is kind of doing this the the Kings X thing, the thing they've always done. They they've been, you know, writing great songs, Drop D. And you know, by now in, in two thousand one, they're starting to tune down a little. Maybe I'm not sure, but they're they are. They're writing these songs. They're playing the playing the way they always have, but the the music genre of the '90s has caught up with them, if you will. And so, for me, from tape head on, you know, King's X sounds like just any other band putting out records in that in that you know 90s era right to me and they've they've you know they've sort of lost that i don't know differentiation amongst the rest of music that that i think was one of the things that made them so special in the the Gretchen Faith Hope Love King's X Dogman days, right? Um, you know music. Yeah, you know, the the world caught up with King's X, and and they, you know, and, and when, when the world caught up with them, they are busy experimenting with drum loops and you know editing and Pro Tools, and you know it 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 just it kind of it, it just is what it is, and. You know, it, to me it, it becomes it becomes a a salvage project, right? Like you yeah. know, I think I think Believe, False Alarm and Vegetable are as good as any, any King's X songs out there. I would love to see them do the songs live. Like they're there. But a lot of the other stuff that's on here, you know, doesn't really like I don't know the songs. Like I don't I'm not like humming Manic Moonlight throughout. Like like my least favorite song Gretchen Goes to Nebraska I can hum from beginning to end I probably know all the words without even realizing I know it um not the same with manic moonlight I I you know I like the songs that I like and the rest you know I I you know I I'm happy to to um to do without and I feel terribly guilty about saying all of this because I love these guys so much and I can't wait to see them uh in my, in my hometown again, the next time they tour. And I've actually fantasized about having Kings X played my 50th birthday party, which was only a mere three years away. Um, <laughs> God, because what I read, because I, I read, I, I, there was some, there was some, uh, internet meme that went around that, that listed all of these bands and what you could, what they, what their private event fee was. And Kings X was on there. <coughs> and, um, You know it wasn't cheap it wasn't cheap but it was um you know for a 50th birthday blowout like you know i could not go on a vacation
2: that. i could
1: i could basically
2: oh my god yeah i could i could
1: you know like it could be done and so um you know i uh so i feel i feel guilty about it and you know i i'm i'm a part of the group on facebook the um, Kings X Music Appreciation Society, and they are the diehard Kings X fans, and it is one of my favorite groups on Facebook. And um, you know, and I'm, and I can't wait to share the podcast with them when we when we start releasing these episodes. And yet, <laughs> we spend so much time criticizing some of the things that go on here. I uh, you know, so but,
0: uh, I'm curious, yeah. Paul, do you have any feel? For- for that group and how they feel about, you know, Manic Moonlight or this stage in the band's career? Or is it just a yeah. rabid fan base who loves everything without question?
1: You know, it's, it's great because I think there are people who are, uh, like, span the ages in that group. So there are people who are, I think, similar to us that, that uh, like, really got into the band early on and i think there are there are a lot of folks who love kings x who didn't discover them until dogman and gear candy and you know tapehead and like it's the, they are the ones who have encouraged me to go back and and give like tapehead and manic moonlight and overtones a listen um because you know they're they're like oh there's so many great songs on that and um and so, it really, it, it they there really does seem to to run the course where um, people on that group really really do, you know, appreciate a lot of the a lot of a lot of this era of King's X. For me, like if I was going to do a salvage uh, um, exercise from from manic, you know, it's it's believe false alarm and vegetable are making it.
2: Yeah, you know. Um some of the songs on here, uh, like Skeptical Wind, when I when I first heard it, I was like, oh gosh, what is this? But I, when I heard it like a couple more times after that, I really enjoyed it. And the song that you were talking about, Joe, was it Yeah, where they just sing the, the one word? Um, yeah. I always loved that song. I, I mean, that to me is progressive. I mean, oddly enough, it's just one one thing they're singing, and it just seemed like, it's, is it's, working. Not, it's wow, it this is, band it is, is only not. singing one thing, and this is actually working as a song. And I was really, well, believe me, I'm, I'm not as complimentary about some of the other stuff that we'll talk about later on, um, but <laughs> I was really happy with this album because uh, of the of the things that I found to be experimental. And I felt like okay, I'm not just hearing I'm hearing what I love about Kings X, but I'm not just hearing the same old Kings X. I'm hearing a band that I, you know, really uh, grew up with, if you will, you know, starting in the you know, late late teens. Um, and I was hearing something new. So I was able to have something new to the mix. And kind of keep me going. And I don't know. It's interesting, Paul, when you say, you know, things kind of, the times kind of caught up with Kings X. I would say that if the listeners of other fans are similar to us, it's, I would say that the fans didn't catch up with Kings X because, I think you know we're we're older now, and we just maybe don't always um, put listening to bands like King's X in the forefront of our priorities. <laughs> and so that's why um, I think we I just needed a break. It wasn't anything about King's X, but this is a time in my life where I just kind of need a break from King's X. You know, I mean, all I listened to for like you know seven eight years was was like jazz and Merillion. I didn't even listen to any, <laughs> and maybe some Iron Maiden, but I I sort of took a break. Um, <laughs> I,
1: I, I sort of took a break.
2: From, yeah, I, I honestly, that's the truth. Those three <laughs> things, I took a complete break from everything, and it wasn't. It didn't have anything to do with King's X, but it was with me. And so, um, listening to uh, uh, a recording like Manic, I think. Sorry. Uh, I think that it was a breath of fresh air and it maybe didn't have some of the high points that we were used to listening to with, with King's X, but um, I was really happy with it. I think I I like it a little bit more than you guys do um, as, um, as a, as a recording. I thought it was a pretty, pretty respectable recording and it sort of gave gave you something new to 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 the mix to kind of keep you going but um so
1: you know it's 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 funny if i put myself in 2001 and i tried it and i you know it's i don't know why i have such clear memories of 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 this particular aspect but you know in 2001 i was just 2001 was the year that i spent a, a good eight months filling in uh, the 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 Diablo Sandwich Band, which was a wedding slash bar band cover band. It was the first cover band I had ever really been in, and and I and this album. And I remember listening to Manic Moonlight, and I also remember listening to Incubus, their their follow up album to Make Yourself which Make Yourself, I totally love. And their follow-up album, to me, was very, very flat. It was very sophomore yeah. And it was right around the same time as Manic Moonlight, and I remember being very, very just like disappointed in both of these efforts. And strangely, the, the album that captivated me for a great deal of 2001 was Ben Fold's Rock in the Suburbs, which, oh, yeah. which is a, a phenomenal album. Um, but I was also in a very strange place musically myself, Tom, where I was busy learning, you know, the hits of the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s on two instruments. And it was very a very strange time musically for me. and um, And somehow, you know... Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe it's my fault. Maybe maybe I should feel the guilt that I felt for not liking Manic Moonlight. But somehow this album just did not connect with me. And, um, yeah, it's, inter- it's interesting. It's really... And it was a funny time in music, too. I mean, things were changing. Yeah.
0: yeah you know, I, I totally get what you're saying, Tom, in that, you know, clearly they were trying different things, and while that's admirable um you know much like paul said with with me a lot of it didn't maybe connect up but you know you got to give them props for for not doing tape head 2.0 so um yeah you know paul for me um you know we were talking about a salvage operation i would I'll, i'll take believe even though i don't know that i like it at this point um although it has grown on me a little bit but since you guys are into it i'll give it the benefit of the doubt false alarm uh, vegetable and i love jenna i i love the chorus i think it's incredible and the heavy riff that comes out of that chorus just ugh. yeah I'm, I'm all about that but um you know and you know you had mentioned wanting to see false alarm like live I would be yeah. afraid to see false alarm live. I don't know that it would translate particularly well, huh. but that's just—I don't have any any basis for that. And I mean, do we want to do we want to talk about you know water ceremony? What <laughs> is it with no. these guys and and wanting to just you know waste space at the end of a record?
1: <laughs> well, you I, know, I don't so, get it. So even in you know, in *Out of the Silent Planet* and *Gretchen Goes to Nebraska*, they had some funny little blurbs at the end. Yes. So I think, I think, I think it's just part of their 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 charm and their nature. And um, you know, water ceremony is not my m- most favorite part that they've ever done. Like, I don't really need to hear Doug panic belching. Um <laughs> but, cool. but you know, you know it's twenty seconds of whatever they want to do, and I'm um, I'm okay with it. Yeah, just uh, whatever.
0: I, I I would almost prefer that they just didn't track it and just let it there. But
1: yeah,
0: uh. that's just me being an old curmudgeon. So so anything else on uh, on manic moonlight before we move into uh, the likely. Lively conversation around Black Like Sunday.
2: Uh, I'm pretty much done. I mean, I might want to go back to it here and there, just comparing well, certain things. But I think, of course, I think I'm pretty done. Okay,
0: so Paul, you have stated the I don't know if it's a fact or a hypothesis or what exactly it is surrounding Black Like Sunday in that um, the, the, the thinking was, or the, the story goes, these are actually older songs, um, potentially dating back you know, prior to Out of the Silent Planet, maybe as far as whatever the previous band, Tom, that you listened to that I can't remember the name. And for some reason, in 2003, they decided to record and release these. Is that... Is is that true, or is is that a, a guess,
1: a vicious rumor? Does anyone know? Uh, that because that it, is it, my uh, that is my understanding of of Black Like Sunday. Is uh, unreleased songs that they decided to um, put out, and it is apparently quite rare. So, Joe, the fact that you I think you picked one up for you know a few dollars um it's 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 mm-hmm. like a rare find i think
0: yeah i was actually looking for ogre tones or 15 i didn't expect to find that because you had said it was rare so when i picked it up i was like all right there you go but if if that is in fact the case. Um, because Tom, I believe you have some some very strong feelings about this record. Would you care to share those feelings?
2: Well, I, Paul, I hope you're right. Uh, I, I really hope you're right. And oh, I'm, I,
1: I, I'm definitely right. It's definitely old unreleased tracks that they decided to put out for sure. Okay. Well,
2: good because well, first I have two two thoughts. Um, I have so much respect for this band. I almost feel like you did, Paul. You're talking about Manic. I almost don't want to, you know, talk shit about it because, I mean, these guys are just, these guys are magicians. I mean, I I have so much respect for this band. I I truly, truly love this band. So, you know, I didn't want to just, you know, rail on it because, uh, I mean, what can you say about just... What a fantastic band, King's X is, um, but it it feels like something that's just thrown together, and it feels just like that, Paul. It feels like um, you know they're you know B B sides or just you know songs that didn't make a record, um, and they and they put it out. So my my thought is, why would they do that? I mean, why? I mean why would any band do that especially if the songs are so such lackluster songs um, I really I really don't like any of the songs on this on the CD I mean which is like um, it's so different from everything else they've done um, it was just a shame when I heard it it was just like somebody broke my heart I mean I, I would somebody just like stab me because I, I just was um, I'm just in love with King's X, and this was just like, oh "My God, what what is this?" Um, so I don't really consider this as a real release. And um, if that's the case, then you know I, I i don't I don't need to be as upset about it because maybe for them it wasn't a real release anyway. Um, but my other thought on it is. You know, this feels like, I mean, Out of the Silent Planet is such a good CD. It doesn't feel like it would be their first CD. Um, To me, I mean, it's a lot of times a band's first recording is underdeveloped and, you know, there's, it doesn't really sound like the band maybe the band didn't come to their, their sound. And um, I think Out of the Silent Planet is a, a really strong recording. And it, this, to me, sounds like it, it should have been like their first recording. It sounds like this was their demo before they made "Out of the Silent Planet."
1: Yeah,
2: and well, you know, so I, you know, I just was like, this isn't worth my time. And yeah. So, so,
1: according to the wikis, Tom, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but just to just to like set it straight, according to the wikis, um. They say that they the group arranged and re-recorded the album, but I'm not really sure that you know that they went through and recorded it or not. But these are all of the songs, the original songs that they had done as either the Edge or a sneak preview in okay. the early '80s before they actually you know came together as King's X. But I don't think they included your favorite song. From, um, right. The no, preview. they
2: didn't. But I did notice what one of the songs, it's not my favorite song, which I can't... It's the girl's name. I, I can't remember right now. There was another one on it that I really enjoyed from the original band. Um, what's the name of the, the, the band they call themselves? What was it? Preview? Sneak Preview? So, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, Sneak Preview. There was a song that I actually loved from Sneak Preview right. that they played that they redid on this one, and it was just, it was horrible. It was just like it, it wasn't, um, it didn't come together. There was an 80s charm to the original. Do you know yeah. which song that is? Like, what's it? Do you know which
0: song that is?
2: Um, off the top of your head? I, I can't think of it off the top of my head, no. Okay. Um, I would be curious, but... Okay, I'll I'll try to drum it up here in a second when, when you guys are talking. But, um, anyway, it, it didn't, Nothing really came together on this. And, you know, I guess if the Kings... I guess when you're putting yourself in Kings X shoes and you're like, hey, you know, it might be fun to put out a recording of, you know, old stuff we did and, you know, redo it. And, you know, fans might like to hear, you know, this and whatever. So It's harmless. But, um... the the bar is so high with them. I mean, it's just, it was, it was like a real, a real, it was so far down from what their other stuff was. Um, it was, for me, it was just heartbreaking. And I, I always didn't really want to talk about it too much because it just, it was, it was so different from the other stuff.
1: Yeah. You know, I I mean, my general feeling overall, I've talked about, like, I never listened to any of the, of the, um, you know when when they do those re-released or remastered they put all the previously released songs, unreleased songs or things like that i don't really pay much attention to them because you know i just generally feel like you know if they didn't release it or if it was a previous version like that wasn't what they really wanted and i don't i don't really care much about that and that that was kind of my thought around black like sunday i never really gave it much attention because it was all unreleased stuff from you know the stuff that happened before I really, you know, really liked this guy, these guys. And I don't know, you know, from the limited interviews that I've seen, you know, I still think during this time, you know, the two, you know, 2000 to, you know, through 2005, 2000, you know, that genre of time, I really, I really feel like that, that maybe they were just looking for ways to, to break through, ways to, you know, to bond with their fans and create more fans, right? Um, and, and I think Black Like Sunday is just an example of that where, you know, they put out Manic Moonlight, they toured and what are they gonna do next? Well, let's, you know, we've experimented in the studio a bunch with with you know different ways of writing and and let's re-record some really old songs. Maybe the fans will really grab gravitate to that. Like I don't I don't know if they were just sort of reaching for things or if they were just looking for different ways of doing things. But you know even when we get to Overtones, you know they re-record a version of Goldilocks and they they I you know I saw an interview with them talking about they did that because. They thought, well, you know, it's been so many years since we released that song. Maybe people don't even know that song exists. Let's put it out again. And I heard an interview where like, Doug mentioned something about Aerosmith's Dream On. And I don't know that Aerosmith ever released Dream On before it became a big hit. But whatever it was, they felt like if they released it again... Maybe it would catch on and people would really like it. Like somehow in 2005, Goldilocks would be more relevant than it was in 1987. Right. Um, you know, so I don't know if any of that has to do with it, but I'm 100% with you. Like, there, there is in any aspect of me loving King's X. There's very little interest that I have in in really getting deep into all of these these old tunes. I think. They're kind of like novelty is fun, but nothing here really grabs me and, and you know,
2: grabs a hold of me. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts, Joe? Wait, hold on real quick. Are, do you guys hear the dog with the bone? Oh, yeah. That, that, Absolutely. Yeah. Hold on. Let me, let me access. Hold
1: on. It's fine, dude.
0: Yeah. yeah. Adds character.
1: Right, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Joe, right. talk, talk to us about Black Lives Sunday. Do you so, bought the CD. Let, let us at it. Uh, yeah, so
0: I, I I bought the CD unexpectedly. As I said, I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't anticipating actually finding this. Um, I you know based on the first time we talked about it, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get to hear this thing in any way, shape, or form. And. I'm glad that Paul, you had explained what this was because if if I hadn't known that these were songs from ago, I, I would have had the same the, 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 the same reaction that that Tom originally had But knowing what it was and and sort of calibrating my expectations, I found this to be a fucking hoot. I loved it. I wow. had I had a really, really great time because, and, and, and Tom, it goes back to exactly what you, you talked about. And when we did our first episode on King's X, we made the point, like you said, out of the silent planet is pretty freaking polished. And bands don't just come out of the ether like that. There, there always has to be something, um, you know, that that sort of sets the stage for what they're going to be, and, you know, you know, I hadn't heard the the sneak preview stuff, and, you know, for whatever reason, for me, it was always like this big black hole, and and this this was the Rosetta Stone, because what I find so compelling, and, and I mean, obviously. There are some just absolutely ridiculous moments on this. Ridiculous. <laughs> but what I find fascinating about it is is, you know when, when you think about, you know, when musicians are, 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 are starting out in terms of writing songs and everything else, and, and Paul, years ago, you and I had conversations, uh, a conversation about this, at least one I remember. Um, you know, as I was sort of attempting to do this. And and when you first start out, you you start out sort of trying to mimic what you like, right? And eventually you sort of figure out what you do, and it's somewhat of an amalgam of that. And if you're successful, eventually you sort of create your own identity. And And so, again, from Out of the Silent Planet, there was this very very coherent very concrete king's x identity with no indication of where that came from this album shows you where that came from because you can hear you know in in some of the songs they're they're aping certain things that were were going on back in the day but at the same time there are some tracks um and let me see if i can find it in my notes here um you know like like down down is 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 one of those cases where you start to hear sort of like the the very beginnings of what would become the out of the silent planet and the gretchen sort of of sound and it so from that point of view it was i found the whole exercise exhilarating <laughs> if we weren't doing this and and approaching you know these albums sort of the way we are and I hadn't sort of trained myself to look for these, these connecting arcs and everything else, I probably would have just flushed this thing down the toilet. But, you know, like, like I said, having, having it in this context, I found it to be exhilarating. I found it to be entertaining. Um, so it was pretty cool. But, you know, to, so to make it... You know the, the one question I do have, and Tom, I think you pointed to this as well, and, and it's a it's a very valid question. But why? You know, it, that's that's the most interesting thing. So to to, you know, and I was I was trying to sort of put this in perspective for us, and apologies to you know the listeners of the podcast who aren't really going to get this, but imagine if you will that Surface Tension had been signed to some major record label in 1990. And somewhere between 2005 and 2010, someone came to you guys and said, you know what, those songs like Prom Queen, Your Place in Time, Wooden Cage, let's go back and re-record those. What would that, I mean, just imagining, you know, where Surface Tension would have gone in those 15 or 20 Mm -hmm. years, imagine going back and, and doing that it just I, I can't imagine you know the the band saying this is a great idea let's do this I you know it, for the purposes of this yeah. I'm glad they did but it's it's an odd sort of thing to do
2: <laughs> we say that as as Paul <laughs> is re recording <laughs> <a month>, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> It it,
1: it it is so funny because uh you know and so maybe it is a good. So idea. I, i'm i'm working i'm working on an ep right now that features two songs that were previously recorded 25 years ago and um and i'm actually already thinking about what's going to happen next after that and i'm thinking of of continuing to go back into the catalog and and um and, and re-recording things from, from yesteryear. And I, and I think the interesting thing is, is, is for me, it doesn't really matter, because nobody outside of the three or five or six of us that ever do this knows any of those songs. Is, um, so is, is, is one I'm, of them sing to her? No, that, that's not on the docket. Uh, not on the docket as of yet, Tom. Um, but... But you know it, it's a similar it's a similar function. If you think about where King's X was, you know these are songs from from The Edge or and um, and uh, what, are, what what was it called? I want to say Split Decision, but I don't think that was right. That's from the, from no, that was really kind of Sneak
2: sneak preview. Sneak <laughs> preview, right? So
1: so it's from <coughs> from these bands that were unsigned that never you know those songs never got recorded or released. So. Maybe it was sort of that same kind of nostalgia that was like songs that they remember from yesteryear that that they just wanted to get out there, and um, and there was definitely uh, support from their most diehard fans at the time who were interested in in hearing that stuff re-recorded. So, well,
0: and so, and, and, and it's yeah. interesting in that because you have presumably these old songs recorded, if you will, in the current style or contemporary style at the time of King's X. So, you know, that's, I don't know. It's interesting.
2: Paul, um, or Joe, to answer your question, the the song I was talking about from a sneak preview was called Inside Out. Um, okay. Is that yeah. one of the songs on Black Like Sunday?
0: Um, it does not appear to be.
2: Oh, all right. Maybe it's not. Or maybe they changed the name. That could but- be. Anyway, um, I thought that's what it was. I, I right. just,
0: you know, some of these songs are just hilarious. Like, Won't Turn Back and You're the Only One. Uh, you know, it's it, it's funny to hear King's X do sing-songy songs. It's just, like, what? I don't know.
2: Right. Oh, you know what? Maybe it is You're the Only One that won. Want... Yeah. There, there are a couple, I think, that they did. But anyway, um, I think as you put it, Joe, as an exercise is great. Um, but I um if if we do the countdown of like favorite to non-favorite, I'm not even putting this in the equation. I'm not even putting <laughs> in there because I just don't think that they really meant it to be that. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Even going to put it in the to me there's fourteen, <laughs> stuff, and I don't mean any disrespect to them at all. I just don't think that they would really meant that that they really meant this to be like a serious recording. So um, yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not even going to put it as my least favorite because I, I I don't think it it was a real release. Yeah, I, so.
0: I, you know I, I, I don't have any. Disagreement with that. right.
2: Well, do you want to talk about the other two? And we can always, you can always just split it up in the edit, right? So here's, here's the Um, thing. Unless, Paul, unless, Paul, you didn't really listen to 15.
1: Yeah, I I could go either way at this, at this point in
0: time. So I've got, I've got a, and I'm, I'm not saying this to goose you, t- Honestly, I'm not. I have not listened to either Overtones or 15 in the last couple of weeks because I have been listening to Coil nonstop.
2: Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, come on.
0: And again, I'm not saying that to goose you. It's the God's honest truth. It's It's been in my... It's been in my car, and I just can't stop. <laughs> all, right, all right. Well,
2: so then we should probably you know, I, wait then, because um, it sounds like you would have more to say about it if if, if we waited.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would definitely like to be able to spend the time with the two albums and be able to, you know, give them some intelligent conversation, which I'm not in a position to right now. Um, okay. So.
2: Okay. All right, we'll 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 do it separate then. Um, certainly, fifteen has uh, it would be worth it. I mean, I think that's it's a really strong. Oh, really? But uh, yeah, I mean, that's I'm listening to it now. I'm just completely blown away by some of these songs. So well, we, um, we I, definitely, I, I definitely to want to talk about it.
0: Okay, then we definitely need to give it uh, you know proper attention and uh you know the last couple months at work have been kind of crazy and i just you know i just haven't gotten around to uh to doing some of that but
1: but yeah i definitely want to so if, if yeah you're okay I'm, I'm good with i would i would love to focus just on ogre tones and um and 15 that'd be awesome
0: okay yeah that'll bring it that'll give a, a good, good strong uh, end to the king's x thing and then i think you know much like we did with these uh with the uh, marillion awards tonight we can, we can have our sort of special episode where we, we force rank the albums, 14 or 15, depending on uh, your perspective, as, as sort of a, uh, a summation of our King's X experience. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Progressive Palaver. We hope you've enjoyed the ongoing King's X conversation. I know it's been uh, very interesting for us as we go through some parts of this catalog that um, some of us had not been familiar with before. So that's fantastic. As always, Progressive Palaver is available for subscription on iTunes, Google Play. We're hosted on SoundCloud. You can reach out to us via email. We are uh, progpala, P-R-O-G-P-A-L-A at gmail.com you can reach us on twitter at progpala and you can also find us on facebook and instagram by searching either progpala or progressive palaver and we do have a youtube account as well where we've got some uh, some things listed there so we encourage you to reach out through any and all avenues and we look forward to uh talking with you next time